0: In your Bible, please, in the book of Matthew, chapter number 2, what a joy and privilege to be able to share with our friends in the radio audience and in the Internet audience and all those of you who are here from the precious Word of God this morning. Matthew, chapter number 2, listen to this passage that I preached from on a Wednesday evening uh, during the Christmas, what we call the Christmas season. But my heart is still turned back toward this passage this morning. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. When Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, the land of Judea, not the least among the princes of Judah. "'For out of thee shall come a governor "'that shall rule my people Israel.' "'Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, "'inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. "'And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, "'Go and search diligently for the young child. "'And when ye have found him, bring me word again "'that I may come and worship him also.' And when they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star which they had saw in the east went before them until it came and stood over where the young child was. And when he saw the star, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother and fell down and worship him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gold. Uh, Gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And then I'll just drop down to read verse 16 to kind of let you know what happened after that. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceedingly wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and all the coast thereof, from two years old and under according to the time which he had diligently acquired of the wise men. Will you bow with me for prayer? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you and praise you for the blessed privilege once again of being here. Thank you for the good congregational singing and for the choir. Thank you for Charles and God for touching him. Thank you for what you've done in Charles' life. And God, I ask your blessing on each one of us this morning. I pray, God, this morning for the anointing and the power of God. I pray, our Father, that God, you'd speak to the heart of every man and woman and boy and girl in this building. And the vast radio audience. And our Father, for our friends in the internet audience worldwide. I pray, God, the Holy Ghost would minister to all of our hearts together. Help us to seek Him who is the King of Israel. Who is the King of the Jews. Who is the Savior of the world. Lord Jesus Christ. Who came to give his life a ransom that we might be saved. Now bless this time together and we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In this passage of scripture I've just read to you, there's a group of people who come to seek the Lord Jesus Christ. On four different occasions, they're referred to as wise men. Wise men. And I got I this thought in my heart. I got to thinking, what made the wise men wise? What made them wise? In my drive, at my driveway, at our driveway, I have two little signs. Jesus is the reason for the season. And one, wise men still seek him. I see that, uh, that testimony on billboards and things around Christmas time especially. Wise men still seek him. Well, it would be good to leave those signs up year-round, wouldn't it? Because it is a wise thing to seek the Lord. Why were these men called wise men? In fact, the Bible has a lot to say about wisdom. If you were with us when we went through the book of Proverbs, the whole book of Proverbs has to do with wisdom. But I want to suggest to you in the first place, best by way of introduction. I promise you my introduction is a lot longer than a sermon. So listen to the introduction. But first of all, let me just say there is false wisdom. Now these men, were, these, they were called wise by the Holy Ghost of God who's the author of this book. And so I don't doubt that they were not wise men. There's no doubt about it. But I would say that through the Bible, you'll find many who were not wise. For instance, I want you to open your Bibles and look over in the book of Romans, if you would please, in chapter number one. And let me read this to you and share this with you. In the book of Romans in chapter number one, I want to look at verse number 21. Because when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Watch this. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools now it is here's a group of people who profess themselves to be wise we, we, we wisdom is a wonderful thing But here are people who said that they themselves were wise. They declared their own wisdom. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. They've changed the the image of God into corruptible things as as animals and creeping things and created idols and all those things. And the Bible said because they thought they were so wise that they didn't need God, they became fools. I know some folk like that. I I think we have a whole lot in our country like that. People who profess themselves to be wise, but in fact are fools. I think about some of the things that are going on now. And I'm, I'm not not a scientist, not a biologist, anything. But I know that there's a lot of hype about global warming. And uh, it's pretty cool to me. But I know there's a lot of things about the ozone layer being destroyed. But I had a good preacher friend, Brother Joe Arthur was preaching up West Virginia camp meeting there. He Somebody thought, he, he, he shared something with us that I thought was humorous. And Joe lives in Atlanta, Georgia. If you've ever been to Atlanta, Georgia, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, the traffic is horrible in Atlanta, Georgia and around Atlanta. It's about as bad as Washington, D.C. But I've been through there many times when I used to live in Florida. I hated it. And I'd always say, God, don't ever put me in Atlanta, Georgia. And that scared Regina because she said, don't pray he'll not put you there. He'll put you there sure as the world. But I I didn't like that traffic. But Joe was preaching up West Virginia this summer and he's talking about the the people who profess themselves to be wise and talking about all the, the destruction of the ozone layer and how our cars are killing everything. He said in Atlanta, Georgia, he said there are millions of cars and they're 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And he said around 285 that goes around Atlanta, every year Atlanta spends millions and millions of dollars to hire people, to buy equipment, to mow the grass where all those cars go by every day and they can't keep it cut. And boy, I got to thinking about that. Uh, You think about that. The millions of dollars that's spent to mow grass that they say the gas or the pollution from automobiles are killing. Uh, But listen, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And you have to be careful that you not, don't profess yourself to be wise and, in fact, become a fool. But notice something else in the Bible. The Bible said in the book of Proverbs, notice what it says. Here's a passage of Scripture that's so familiar. Turn to Proverbs chapter 3. I want to read this to you. It's the first part of it, everybody quotes. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And that's a wonderful truth, in it? I love that passage of scripture. But now notice what it says in the next verse. It says, be not wise in thy own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And so there's some people who have false wisdom. They just profess themselves to be wise. But then there's some who are wise in their own eyes. They see themselves as being wise. But the Bible said don't do that. You ought to fear the Lord. In other words, don't trust your own intellect. Don't trust your own ability. You ought to surrender to God. Surrender your intellect to him. Surrender your ability to him. Give him everything and understand that he's right. And when everybody else is saying one way, if you'll go God's way, you'll be all right. There are some who profess themselves to be wise, but they're in fact fools. There are some, my dear friend, who, who, uh, who... brag about their own wisdom. And the Bible said, we must never do that, but fear God. And then in the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 16, he says this, Paul admonishes, be not wise in thy own conceit. There's some people who, who know everything. I mean, they just got, they got it all figured out. They got all the answers to everything. I I remember years ago down in Florida, there was a young preacher and everybody was talking about him and boy, he really had it going on and he was a fireball and everybody loved him and, and they were just kind of lifting him way up and all, but uh, old brother Jesse Norris, when it came around by brother Jesse and he asked, what do you think about the young preacher? He said, God will stand him on his nose somewhere down the road. the reason for that is that God will humble us us, Brother Ray this morning mentioned that about being humbled. But listen the Bible said don't be wise in your own conceit. Don't be wise in your own conceit. Humble your before the Lord and he'll exalt you in due season. But let me show you this in your Bible. Turn in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and look at verse number 12. I'm, I'm heading somewhere this morning. I, just hang with me. False wisdom. Those, my dear friend, who profess themselves to be wise to the exclusion of God. We don't need God. They are, in fact, fools. Those who in their own eyes are wise and in their own conceit are wise. They, they have missed the boat entirely. But here's another group of people. In the book of 2 Corinthians, look in chapter number 10 and look at verse number 12. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. You know what he said? He said there's some folks that are not wise because they compare themselves to other people. In other words, they compare themselves to this person and say, "I'm pretty smart." They compare themselves to this person and say, "I'm pretty good looking." And they compare themselves to this person and they say, "I'm spiritual." And he said, "So it's an unwise thing for you ever to compare yourselves among yourselves." There's some in the sound of my voice who've never trusted Christ, and here's your reason. You say, "Because I'm as good" As so and so, or I'm as spiritual as that deacon, or well, I'm as good as they are. But he said that's not a wise thing. Because you see, when it comes to the matter of your relationship with God, you don't compare yourself to anybody else. It's a personal thing. And the Bible said that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. In the book of Hebrews, it says that Jesus Christ is the glory of God. So if you're gonna look at anybody, to compare yourself to it must be Jesus. Don't compare yourself to a preacher. Don't compare yourself to any church member, any deacon. Because you may say, I'm as good as they are. But when you compare yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll see yourself like you really are. Isaiah said in the year that King Uzziah died. He was close confines with, uh, uh, confidant with the king. Boy, he was in high cotton. But Uzziah died. But he said in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and I cried woe is me for I'm undone I'm a man of unclean lips when he got in close to the Lord and compared himself to the Lord he saw himself like he really was it's not wise for you to try to compare yourself to other folk and say I'm as good as they are and if they're going to go to heaven I'm going to go because more than likely they may not go but if you don't trust Christ you for sure will not go to heaven you must trust Christ But if that's false wisdom, what's the Bible say about true wisdom? The Bible said in the book of James that true wisdom comes down from God. True wisdom is something God gives to you. And it comes from the Lord. In the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul commends young Timothy for the Word of God. And he said, the Word of God is able to make thee wise unto salvation. The first attribute of salvation, of wisdom... Is the wisdom enough to trust Christ as your Savior? The Word of God can make you wise unto salvation. That's the most important thing, is that you come to know Christ. In the book of Matthew, the Lord Jesus Christ challenges us to be wise as serpents and harmless as a dove. How does he illustrate it? There are several ways that he illustrates that wisdom. For instance, in the book of Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 and 27, he talks about a wise man and a foolish man. And he said, that wise man built his house upon a rock and the foolish man built his house upon sand. And it's foolish for you to build your foundation on shifting sand. It's wise to build your house on the solid rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have your family foundation and your family settled on the rock of ages and not on shifting sand of, of, of this world. Then notice something else. Our Lord says this, he said in the book of Proverbs, he said, he that when this souls is wise, it's a wise thing to be saved. It's a wise thing to build your house on the solid rock. It's a wise thing to be a soul winner. It's a wise thing to lead people to Christ. Those that you love of all the things you can never do for them. The main thing is to trust Jesus Christ as your savior and Lord. But now let me get your attention, call your attention, turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 25. In Matthew chapter 25, I want to show you an illustration that our Lord gives about true wisdom. In Matthew chapter 25, he gives us a parable about the end time. And he uses some young ladies, some virgins, in that regard. In chapter 25 of the book of Matthew, look at verse number 11. And he says this, and afterwards, well, let me go back to verse 11. But the wise answered and said, No. Verse 11, I'm sorry. Afterwards came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore and be, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Lord cometh. Notice verse 10. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and they were, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. Here's the key. The key in this passage of Scripture, there are five, there are ten virgins. The Bible said there's five of them wise, five of them foolish. They all have lamps and they all are expecting, anticipating the bridegroom, the Lord to come back. They're looking for him to come back. They have that, that look, they have the lantern. But the thing is, some of them didn't have any oil. But the key is not the oil. It's not, it's not the rest of it. The one little word right here in verse 10. Watch what it says there. And they that were ready went. And here he said, it's a wise thing to be ready. I hear all the time they talk about life insurance and they talk about retirement and they talk about things for the future. And people do all those things and they forget the most important thing of all. And that is to be ready when the Lord comes. Now that's my introduction. These wise men... God said they were wise. What made these wise men wise? Four things, just real quick. Four things about these wise men that I believe made them wise. First of all, that was the priority of their pursuit. What, what were they pursuing? What were they after? What were they looking for? Here's the, here it is. They had come to see Jesus. Wise men. The priority of their pursuit. They were wise men. You know what? They they could have been pursuing riches. They could have been pursuing good education. They could have been pursuing uh, fame or security for their family. But what they were looking for was Jesus. It's a wise man who first of all seeks Jesus. The Bible said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. There's some of you in this building this morning. They're saying, well, I, I'd get saved, but I, I'm trying to get my education. I'm trying to get my family set. And when we do, we're going to get settled down. We're going to serve God. We're going to live for God. Wise men, their priority is Jesus. They're going to seek the Lord first. They're going to put him first. There's nothing more important than him. The Bible said in these last days, that you ought to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. It's a wise person who puts Jesus first. Who puts their faithfulness to Christ first. Their service of Christ first. Their living for Christ first. That's a wise man. The priority of pursuit. What are you pursuing? The Bible said there's some in the Bible who pursue pleasure. But they pursue it to their own destruction. There's some that pursue riches. But they end up empty with nothing. They have nothing. They leave it all behind. But my dear friend, the, the pursuit of these men, they sought Christ more than anything in the world. I wonder where your heart's at this morning. The priority of seeking Jesus. The first thing, the first thing, most important thing in your life is the Lord Jesus Christ. They are wise because of their, the priority of their pursuit. They pursued Christ. But now notice the second thing. Notice the second thing about these men. Their response to the revelation he said, they said, we have seen his star and we are come. God revealed that star to them and they came. And some of you sitting here this morning have heard the word of God. You, you have read the word of God. You've been instructed in the word of God. You've seen the revelation of who Jesus is, the fact that there's life and death and that you can be saved and go to heaven. And yet you have not responded to the revelation from the word of God. What God showed you and there are some of you in your Christian life. God, the Holy Spirit of God spoke to your heart and he showed you some things you ought to do. But you've not responded to that. It's a wise man who will respond to the revelation of the Lord. It's a wise man who will respond to what God shows him to do. It's a wise man who will respond to what God shows him in this book. When God speaks to your heart about salvation and shows you you need to be saved. If you want to be a wise man, you trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. And, and trust him as your Savior and Lord. These men were wise because their priority was to get where Jesus was. They were wise because they responded to what God had showed them and, and to the truth that God had showed them. And I, I see people and I, I, I told you I've been reading the book of Jeremiah. And I, I hear him weep because the word of God's right in front of them. But they choose not to obey the word of God. I wonder this morning as God speaks to your heart and God shows you something and you hear the man of God preaching, God speaks to your heart. Do you respond to what God shows you? Some of you have been comparing yourselves among other people. And this morning God, the Holy Spirit of God revealed to you that's foolishness. That's foolishness. You need to compare yourself to Jesus. You compare yourself to Jesus. You don't measure up. And the only way to do, get, get right with God is to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. But now notice the third thing. First thing. First thing about these men was the their, their pursuit, the priority of their pursuit. They, they, they're going to seek Jesus first. Second thing is in this passage of Scripture is that they, they want to respond to what God showed them. They're going to be responsive to the Word of God. They're going to do what God tells them to do. And then the third thing, what made these wise men was this, a determined destination. They would not let anything. Now, if, when I read the account, it says that when Herod went in, after the, he saw that he was mocked, he killed all the babies from two years old and under in all of Bethlehem and all the regions around because there's a time frame here. From the time they saw the start of where they got Jesus at, it's very likely close to two years. And they had determined to get to where Jesus was. I don't know how far they had to travel. The Bible doesn't say. There's some historians, people who try to figure it out. But I know this. They didn't travel always in good weather. They, they had tough times. They, I'm sure it was hard on them to make that long journey. But they were determined in spite of the elements, in spite of the discouragement, in spite of the, the climate, they were going to get where Jesus was. In spite of the time and the effort and the expense, they were going to get where Jesus was. In other words, to them, there was no cost too great to get where Jesus was. And yet I know folk who won't quit chewing tobacco because they, they, they say, if I get saved, I need to quit chewing tobacco. Well, let me just say this. You can be saved and chew tobacco. I don't, I don't recommend it. But a tobacco chewing is not going to keep you out of heaven. Rejecting Jesus to keep you out of heaven. Foolishness. That's foolishness. I, I'd get saved, but I'd like to party. I, who in the world had rather drink a Budweiser or die and go to hell? That's foolishness, isn't it? These men are going to do anything and give up anything to get to go to heaven and get to be where Jesus is at. My dear friend, they're wise because they had a determined destination. They would not keep let anything. They wouldn't let a mama or a daddy or a husband or a wife or a friend or family. They would let anything, anybody, keep them from getting where Jesus was. My dear friend, if you're going to get saved, you're going to get saved in face of a lot of opposition. But he said, come unto me all ye that labor and heavy heavy laden. I'll give you rest. My dear friend, you ought to just purpose in your heart. I'm going to trust Christ. I, I'm willing to do whatever he wants me to do. I'm willing to give up whatever he wants me to give up. But it's not a matter of what you give up or what you do. But it's what he's done and simply receiving him of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have people tell me all the time, Brother Bill, I've got to quit doing this and I've got to start doing that before I get saved. No, you don't do that. You get saved. You trust Jesus Christ. The main thing is you trust Christ. You just get to Jesus regardless of what's going on in your life, regardless of where you've been, regardless of what you've done. You come to Jesus now. The last thing, my dear friend, these are wise men. Because of the priority of their pursuit, they sought him first. Because of their response to revelation, when God began to show them something, they responded to it. By simple faith, when the Bible said, whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord, people respond. People respond. The Lord, Je- Lord Jesus called little children. He said, except you become as a little child, you are know why in the kingdom of heaven. A simple response to the truth. Simple response to the word of God. God will bless that. Then they were determined they had a determined destination. They were not going to give up until they saw where Jesus is at. They were going to get there. They were going to go to heaven. They, they wanted to be right with God. The most important thing in their life. And then the last thing is this. Their submission to the sovereign. These men were wise men. They came bearing precious gifts. They were evidently wealthy men. They had nobility. They had, prestige, had, had position. But they had enough wisdom to submit themselves to the sovereign, to the Lord Jesus Christ. They, they came and they bowed before him and they presented to him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They worshiped him. It's a wise man who will humble himself and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a wise man who will humble himself and surrender himself to Christ. It's a wise man. That's not foolishness. That's wisdom. If you want to be a wise person, If you you want to be a wise person, you've got to have him as your top priority. You've got to respond to biblical revelation. You've got to have a determination in your heart to be at that destination. And then you must submit to the sovereign, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Humble yourself to the Lord. Give your heart to him. Yield to him. How do you go to heaven? It's the simplest thing in the world. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But you've got to come humbly and bow before him and say, Lord, I can't save myself. I give up. I receive Jesus as my Savior, Lord. Wise men. Here are some wise men. They've said, we've come to see Jesus. Would you bow your heads in prayer this morning? With every head bowed, every eye closed. The wisdom of the wise men. What made them so wise? Was it that they could do calculus or they had a great mind to know all the intricacies of, of nature? No. Their wisdoms displayed in the priority of their pursuit, they came to where Jesus was. And their response to revelation, what God showed them, they responded to. They were willing to go where he wanted them to go their determination of that destination. They were wise because they wouldn't let anything keep them from knowing Jesus. What is it? Can you tell me why you've not humbled yourself and trusted Christ? Can you tell me what in the world is in your life that's worth you spending eternity in a place called hell? A wise man, a wise woman, a wise boy, girl, they would let anything keep them from trusting Christ. And they were wise because they surrendered and submitted to the sovereign. True wisdom is bowing humbly before him, acknowledging that you're a sinner and trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. And not just in salvation, but for the rest of your Christian experience, You'll yield yourself to him. The Bible said you submit yourself to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you, but you can't do that on your own. He said if you humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God, he'll exalt you in a new season. That's God's way. Surrender to him. I wonder as we begin this new year, we had one Sunday last Sunday, and then we had the great revival. But I wonder this morning, Is there a man or a woman or a boy or girl here who'd say to me, Brother Billy, if I died right now, I do not know for sure I'd go to heaven. If I died right now, I'm not sure of heaven. I sure would like to know that. I'd like to know that I'm going to go to heaven. And preacher, would you pray for me? Nobody else see your hand but me and the Lord. But if you say, preacher, if I died right now, I don't know I'd go to heaven. But would you pray for me? While no one's looking, would you just raise your hand across the building and say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not going to try to come to you, I'm not going to point you out or sing you out in any way. But you say, Preach, if I died right now, don't know I'd go to heaven. What an awful tragedy to be considered by your community to be a wise man or wise woman, and then you die and go to hell. To be a success in your chosen profession to be considered wise in business or wise in education or wise in, in medi- medical field or wise in, in farming and then die and go to hell. That's a sad thing. A sad thing. Real wisdom are those who first seek Christ. Put Him first. Main thing is the main thing. That is, you must be born again by the grace of God. You may not be rich. You may not have anything this world considers success. But you have not trusted Christ either. You've let so many things keep you from trusting Jesus. A wise man would submit to Christ, yield to Christ, not let anything keep him from the Lord Jesus Christ wise man will respond to what God shows him. While we have our heads bowed, let me ask you this. I wonder how many of you are Christians this morning. You say to me, Brother Billy, I've trusted Christ, but I would have to admit that I've not always responded to the things he showed me. From the Bible, through preaching, or just through the Holy Spirit of God speaking to my heart, there have been things that God spoke to me about that I'm I need you to pray with me about that I did not respond to properly. James said to he that knoweth do good, doeth it not sin. God showed you from the word of God some things you ought to do and you didn't do them. That's disobeying obeying him, that's sin. You say, preacher, I'm saved, but I've not always been wise because I've not always responded to what he showed me. Preach! I want you to pray that God would forgive me and purge me and that I would respond to what he shows me to do for him. Would you raise your hand across the building? Many, many, many this morning. God bless you. As a Christian, the only way to be saved is to trust the Lord Jesus Christ, to submit to him, come to him humbly and bow before him. But then as a Christian, the only way to be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey. That's to yield to him daily. Paul said, I die daily. I submit to him daily. I yield to him. Bible said, Don't yield your instrument your your members, your body to sin, but yield yourself to the Lord. That's wisdom. To surrender to him. I challenge you as believers to yield to him. Would you stand with your heads bowed and eyes are closed? I Heavenly Father, this is your work. This is your people. This is your place. And God, I pray for boys and girls and men and women who maybe don't have the right priority this morning. They're looking at everything else, but they've not looked at Jesus. They're trying to get everything else lined out in their life. But the most important thing they've neglected, that is the thing of salvation and trusting Jesus as Savior and Lord. And God, I pray this morning that some would come trust Jesus. I pray, God, that God's people this morning would respond in faith to yield to Him, surrender to Him. Our Father, I pray, God, that people be obedient to you. Now, friends, while we're praying this morning, here's what I'd like for you to do. Once again, many of you during revival, you responded and you yielded to the Lord, surrendered. But if God spoke to you about anything this morning, let me invite, first of all, Christians to come. Some of you have been praying about God's direction for your life. Just as these wise men were led of the Lord, God's people led of the Lord. God may have led you to this place, to this church, to love the Lord, to serve the Lord. Here, be a part of this church. We'd welcome you this morning if that's God's plan for your life. Some of you are not saved. We invite you to trust Christ. While we have Brother Brad to sing a verse of a song, I'll meet you here at the front. You just obey Christ this morning. Whatever he leads you to do. Now I want to pray with you again. We'll keep our heads bowed an attitude of prayer while we respond. God's people will always lead the way to come get around the altar. But you just obey him this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, God, I pray you'd help your people to be responsive and obedient to you this morning. God, I pray, God, that people respond to the perfect will of God in their life. God, to do just exactly what you want to do. Our Father, more than anything in this hour, I pray that people will respond to the call of salvation. Our Father, help them understand the priority. God, if they got everything else and don't have Jesus, they have nothing. And God, for God's people, I pray they'd respond in yieldedness to you. God, we'll thank you and praise you. While Brother Brad sings, you obey Christ this morning. Whatever he leads you to do, you obey him this morning, will you? God's Holy Spirit speaks to you.